Anything Combat with Johnny K. Well, it's Anything Combat, though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat show, wherein we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a three-time IBJJF champion, a three-time uh, Hapkido champion. He's an MMA fighter. Please welcome Kamikaze Fabio Alano. How are you today, Fabio? Hey, I'm really good, brother. Thank you so much for this invitation. I'm really happy about it. And now let's just start talk because I'm so excited for that. <laughs> good man. So before the show started, you told me no one wants to fight you. What happened? Why don't they want to fight you anymore? Well, um, I started training MMA a little bit in Brazil on the, on the COVID, when COVID starts because we could not train in jiu-jitsu anymore and don't have any competitions on the jiu-jitsu. And I just gained the black belt, which was the only belt I never be a world champion yet. Makes sense. Because I switched the belt and the COVID starts and I could not compete anymore. When that happened, I started training with Professor Rafael Sombra on Porto Alegre, on my city, in south of Brazil. And for do something, because I, I start become crazy, you know, and I need to keep trying to do something. And even on COVID, have some little events that I could try fight. And I try, and my goal since my white belt was be a, a world champion on MMA. And well, I started training right there. And unfortunately, the things become really hard on Brazil financially, talking about this. And I decide, okay, I cannot stay right here anymore. I need to help my family. I need to help my, my friends right here and save my life to no pass hungry, you know? And I, okay, I talk, I call for Fabio Gurgel or General of Alliance. And I said for him, hey, let me live on your gym and let me try be our champion on Black Belt and just give me a little money for I can help people right here. And he said, unfortunately, we cannot do this, but I have an opportunity for you in Boston. And that's what I did. I came to Boston and in Boston just have like white belts and beginners and I could not train any professional jiu-jitsu. And I find uh, Tong over there and start training MMA. And there I start training MMA strongly and I try, did my fights. I just did one fight. And answer your question right now, like I did my fight and I start waiting for more fights and the fights drop and drop and drop. I wait more than one year and I just did one fight. If I get this wrong, but I believe you won an amateur fight by armbar, is that correct? Yes, 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 amateur fight, yes. I tried after amateurs and pros and anyone, everybody starts, oh yes, I wanna fight. My managers was doing that, oh yes, I wanna fight. And all of a sudden, the fight's done and I didn't know why. After it was armbar though, right? That you did win. Yeah, I did. yes, yes, yes. I won an armbar. Yes, yes. It was a tough fight. That was a tough fight. Uh, the guy why, was, why, was it, why was it such a difficult fight, Fabio? Uh, on, the, on the MMA right there? Are we were talking about the, the part of the fight? Yeah, you said that it was a difficult fight. Was it difficult yeah. leading up to it or was the fight itself uh, very hard? No, it was hard because the guy was already super experienced. He had six fights already and he had a really good boxing. And I don't have a really good boxing at that time. And I just had good kicks to understand about the distance. But my, my foot was super injury 
and I could not kick him and he started punching me a lot in the face, a lot. And I used my instinct and I could t took him down and go for my submission. And that's what I did. But in two minutes and 40 seconds, my face was totally cut it, <laughs> you know, totally cut <laughs> Yes, but it was a really good fight. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Since then, uh, what improvements have you made with your striking? Yeah, when I was in Boston, I was training with guys, but I, I could feel like it was not the best training for me because the guys was not the same size and the guys don't have too much jiu-jitsu right there. And because that, I could take them to the ground really easier than normal and I could not improve too much my striking. And I decided, okay, I need to, to, to move. And I moved to Vegas. In Vegas, I have a good opportunities. I train with a lot of world champions, UFC champions. I train with a really good guys right here on Extreme Culture and a UFC PI. And was really good. And there, I start training with Professor Dewey Cooper. Coach Dewey Cooper, do you know who it is? Yeah, yeah he's uh, coming on the show soon. Absolutely. Oh, here you go. Oh, my God. Man, this guy, this guy, this guy is my favorite brother. He is insane. I love this guy. I really love this guy. He could transform my striking in less than one month. I didn't nothing. I, I was thinking I, I know something, but no. And he could improve my striking in one month. I was totally different in one month. He was really good. And now, Inganu now hit the, the king of the boxing right there. And I saw Inganu <laughs> training every time with him and the boxing things and tips. It's so amazing. Really nice. What did you think about Dewey's uh, system? He's got that particular system for his striking that's so different to all the other coaches. What did you think of uh, his just the pragmatic approach that he took to his striking? Like, how did that help your game? I think he's a really good reader. I don't know if it makes sense. He, he came, make a roadmap, look at you. He look your move and he don't try change your move. He look at your move and he talk like, oh, okay, you need to know this basic thing. After you know this basic thing, we're going to use what you know to use. And he motivated you to do that. Make sense? And that was the difference. I could understand the basic and that changed everything on me. I could use more my hips. I could use more my footwork. I could, my hands, I start touching the guys and the guys start like I start knocking the guys down with my hands that I never did just with my legs. Make sense. And like, Oh, now the things make sense for me. And when I came back for the other city to training with my, my partners on Boston and Brazil, I could see like, Oh my God, I am seeing the things on, on slow motion. You know, like I predicted things really easy. Like, Oh, poof, poof, oh, poof, poof, poof. do you know what I mean? And the things that start happening really quickly, like, Oh my God, that's works a lot. <laughs> do you know, that was the difference for me. You brought up extreme couture. I, I roll with almost everybody right there. Like I, we training every day and I, I have no sure. I don't remember, but I roll with uh, Strickland. I, I did with Marvin Vittori, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. I, I have chance to, to do a really good job with him. That was a really amazing place. I Cody Garbant was there too. Amazing place, amazing thing with a lot of guys were there. Yes. 
you you beat me to it in the show notes I I wrote down that you grappled with Habib and now you brought up that you did was that at Extreme Couture in particular or was that a different gym? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, with Habib it was in a different gym. The gym I was uh, living there under the Cobrinha BJJ is the gym of Professor Hector Vasquez. Uh, yeah, by the way, he gave me the the opportunity to come there, come through from coming there and training with him and training extreme couture. And he introduced me for the guys were there. And that's how what I started go to, to Vegas. What was uh, Strickland's grappling like? I will be honest with you, buddy. It's so hard. Like I was thinking I was watching him and I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do that. But he's so violent literally violent and aggressive and when i th i think like okay if he took me down i would take his legs easier because i could see his posture but his hip is so strength is stronger and and you cannot move and you when when you have and he has a really good eyes when the the guy like stop bop, 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 he can he can hit you a lot and he likes to see you bleeding you know what i mean but he's a really nice guy. On my mind, before I trained with him, a lot of guys start talking like, hey, don't train with him, don't train with him. He's his asshole, talking things like that. And like, oh, okay, we'll see. And immediately when I arrived there, he started testing me. And he is a really nice guy. He's a really nice guy. He talk a lot. He, he joke a lot, you know. It's, it's crazy. But he is a really nice guy. He's, one day... I hurt my back, really serious, right there in the middle of the training. I could not walk. And he he's a champion, you know. He Maybe he didn't talk with me. He goes be there, hey, hey, I can drive your car. I can drive you into your home. And after I take your car and put your home, and oh, thank you, brother. And that was like, oh, th this is a good guy. Do you know what I mean? He's a really nice guy. But about the role you said, like, was hard. It was really hard. I could not do nothing with him. It was so hard. Do you think that we saw him fight Israel Adesanya and he outstruck Adesanya, but do you think if he engaged in the grappling, he could have beaten Adesanya just off his grappling? Or do you think that there, um, that it's not that good? Like, I'm, I'm asking you, how good do you think it is? Do you think that he could have maybe submitted Adesanya if he, if he went for straight grappling? Mm, that's a good question. I think the style of... Strickland, if he enters on the grappling, is just to stabilize and dominate the opponent for he can hit. Makes sense? But he, I think he will never try work on the grappling to looking for some submission or working more the jiu-jitsu part, you know? Because if he try to do just that, I have sure he, he probably has a lot of gaps, you know? And he is smart. He uses his his strategy to can hit more and more makes sense. That's the thing. And put volume of hitings makes sense. The punches. I really liked him shooting takedowns in his fight with Uriah Hall, as well as his fight with Jared Cannonier. He really showed that. Yeah, he really showed that his offensive grappling, when he puts them up against the fence, he's very good in that clinch area. And as you yeah. said, let go those strikes. Um, I think. It's a very difficult match that he's going to have with Drikus Duplessis. 
How do you think that goes? Do you think that he has the skills to get that done? Because that is one of the most unpredictable fights of um, next year, in my opinion. I, I'll be honest. I am. I don't know if I am good to talk about it because, like, I have a couple memories and highlights on my mind of that. You know, I don't remember too much the the situation you're talking, but, buddy, I think Strickland has a really good defense. Do you know what I mean? Really good defense. It's hard to submit him, and I think if he's gonna to attack, he would not change nothing. Like he can take it down. And dominate, but if other guys has more more wrestling, the curriculum, I think he will not try to do too much things. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it was clear enough, but I, it's hard for me talk about it because I, I don't have I don't have too much memories about the 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 situation. You know, just saying. who gave you the nickname Kamikaze? Well, little story. <laughs> when I when I start jujitsu. I started with 23 years, okay? It's a little older if I compare with other guys. I did other martial arts since my four years old, okay? But jiu-jitsu, I fell in love, totally different. And when I started jiu-jitsu with Mario Hayes, my master, uh, I have no money to pay the gym, you know? And I start, and I do, I was doing my degree too on size sport. And I needed to pay my college and I could not do that. And I work as a bartender. And this, the, the agency of this bartender, the name was a kamikaze. And everybody works with Facebook at that time, put the name and kamikaze beside. But when the Instagram starts, I put my name F kamikaze because I have a gratitude because these guys, even if I was like a white belt, he started believe on me and he pay my gym. You know, if he never could pay my gym, maybe I was never could be a world champion in my life. Do you know what I mean? He pays my gym, he pays my supplement, and I could start training and eat well and start my career from there. Makes sense. And when the guy start recognize me and start become famous on the on the city and on the country and on the road. The guy's like, oh, kamikaze, kamikaze, because my Instagram. And everybody starts talking kamikaze. But I have one, one other point on it. I always talk, I have two personas when I fight. And depend who will fight. The guys of my gym, they, they uh, talk to me like as a cambalhota. Cambalhota is a Portuguese word, is a front row. <laughs> the other story is not too, too nice, but like... The guy, the guys talk like, hey, Kambalhota, Kambalhota. And I have the Kambalhota persona and I have Kamikaze persona. The Kambalhota persona is when I am dancing, rolling, when I do the fluid movements, when I am laughing before the fight, I am listening music's like really cool and dancing, you know? And the Kamikaze persona is when I need to use anger. When I am mad, I will kill this guy, do you know what I mean? And when I enter on that, sometimes it's hard because it's hard to get out of that persona. Makes sense. But both of them helps me and I could find the ways to enter on different modes. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the, the point. <laughs> do you find it helpful to do that mental switch? Like, does it help you mentally? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, 
you know Kaina Duarte? I don't know if you if you know the names of a guy inside of Jiu Jitsu. Yes, I fought with him a couple times, and Kaina Duarte is really really tough. You know, uh, I have one time. The last time I fought with him was on the Europeans, on the fight of Europeans, and I was scary. Like I know he was strong, and I was training, but for me not enough. Like okay, buddy, I need to switch my mind to to something something else like man I, I need to to change and i start remind myself who i am and the clips of the judo guys like shohei ono and it's like i will i i, I become that guy that like kamikaze and i do i be so aggressive and that's why i won makes sense because i against tough guys like him i need to be really aggressive and not passive or ha 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 fun do you know what i mean and yes, that's helpful a lot, a lot. Absolutely. My, my friend, you told me that you grew up in Brazil and then you've moved to San Diego. In my opinion, you don't look too Brazilian. So <laughs> is, your, is, is your family completely Brazilian or do you have a different nationality? No, no, everybody's Brazilian right there. Uh, on south of Brazil, <laughs> on south of Brazil, have a lot of people like me because literally on south, have a lot of Italian and German people, the colonies of that, makes sense. And part of my family is Gypsy and Italian and other part of my family is Germany, makes sense. And that's why I'm like this. <laughs> Everybody, like, <laughs> Sometimes I go on other other countries to make seminars and things like that. And the guys, man, you're really Brazilian? Like the guys started asking me like, yes, brother, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> I am Brazilian. Where did you go to school? I, I there on, on Brazil, on south of Brazil. I have a look, I, I look thing because uh, my family was poor, you know, and I could not pay a good school. But I won, uh, I gained uh, a scholarship, one of the best schools on, on, Brazil, on south of Brazil. And that was make my, my politeness, my, my education really good. You know, I really like that. I really appreciate that. And my parents really appreciate that too. You were telling me about competing at black belt in particular. You won all those championships in the colored belt. Can you tell me what your goals are for your black belt, like competing in jujitsu? What do you want to achieve? Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. I, I moved to San Diego one month before I go. And I start training professional jujitsu again on this month. Makes sense. And I am rebuilding my muscles. I am rebuilding my timing, my techniques, you know. And this is really important for me because my level is so down right now. I'm training for a long time, just no gi, especially for the MMA, you know, it's totally different. And I am readapting myself right now. My first step right now, I fought uh, small championships like a World League, you know, and I won. And now my second step will be on the next week. I will fight the Sacramento Open for a make points to fight in the final of the year, the year no gi rules. And that's my second step. Will be a, a huge step, but I will be honest, I am ready. You know, I am ready. I am really, I am really excited. I am really like prepared, you know, and I am, I'm really excited to come back and feel like a world champion again, hit on my chest, like, oh, I'm back, I'm back, you know. 
that's what I want to talk. I'm back there, you know? And that's the next step. And sorry, just to, to finish, like the next year, I am doing my documents right here. I cannot get out uh, to the United States right now. And they're my green card right now, but like uh, I need to stay more time. I cannot go through Europeans and things like that. But I want to fight next year, Pan American and Worlds with Guy, you know, and be a world champion again and start putting me on the hype again, you know. What's more important to you, Guy or no Guy? Uh, I like, I really like both of them, you know. But I'll be honest, I think the Guy for me is more my, my lifestyle for now. Do you know what I mean? But because how can I explain this? I on Nogi, I am learning. I never fought too much Nogi. You know, I am liking a lot. But I'm all my career I training without the the heel hooks and things like that. I am learning now, you know, and this is really important. And I am seeing that how hard it is for me because I have a bad habits, you know. And I am learning quickly, of course, but I think for now, my mind is like, okay, I need to win this championship on the black belt because that's what the, the belt I, I need to win. And after, I put more focus on Nogi again because Nogi have more money, Nogi have more entertainment, like a BGJ combat, have other more doors to can open and make more money, make more uh, sponsorships again. Makes sense? I like both, brother. But I want to do these steps, exactly in this order. So moving on, Fabia, I want to ask you about the gi. So how does that help you for MMA? I would have personally thought being a no gi competitor is probably better for MMA. Do you uh, think? Do you think otherwise? Ah, oh, for sure. Like this is the point. When I start training MMA, I saw that jujitsu is totally different. The adaptation that I need to have is a lot because. My jiu-jitsu is fluid. I jump, I roll. In MMA, if you do this, the guy stand up again and punch your face. You know, I needed to understand how I need to make pressure, how I need to stabilize a guy, how the strategy is different. On MMA, you don't looking forward for the submission. You let make you make the guy suffering as much as you can for he talk for you. Please submit me, and you go there and break his arm. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's different. And I'll be honest, that's helped me. The concept of the MMA helps me on Nogi because the aggressivity is different. The domination is different. To the opposite, the Nogi for the MMA can help about the training, the the consistent training and about the techniques. For example, if you know you do, you can do a lot of heel hooks and stuff like that. You can protect yourself much more than me when I started doing without Nogi, for example. Makes sense? You can, uh, you can be much more aggressive with more techniques if you train in Nogi and you start going for the MMA. Absolutely. You can do that. I really like Charles Oliveira. Oh. His style at the beginning of his career was more like submission before position. It was it was 
too rushed. Then he started incorporating the striking. Looks wonderful now. He's hurting the guys. And then immediately, with his jiu-jitsu ability, then going after these really compromising positions and then locking up these quick submissions. It's like it amplifies how good his jiu-jitsu is. Why do you think his uh, jiu-jitsu is so effective for MMA? Charles Oliveira, buddy, I had... I know I knew him. I I met him on the Copa Podio in Brazil when I fought. He was on my side and we talked a little bit. He's an amazing guy. I'll be honest with you. The his energy is different, do you know? Uh, he is a he's an aggressive guy. He's coming from shooter box, you know. Shooter box is a kind of school like I'll go forward, doesn't matter what's happened. And if you have this mindset on the jiu-jitsu, everything change. Do you know? Fabio, sorry to sorry to interrupt. You have Shogun Hua, you have Wanderlei Silva, just animals just running after you. Uh, yes, that's 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 true. That's true, absolutely. The, the guys, I think that time the guys don't train too much jiu-jitsu or the finesse of the jiu-jitsu, do you know the training, but not like that. They wanna like be more warriors on that, you know, and keep walking and striking Muay Thai. But Charles Oliveira, I think because he's skinny, he's different body, he needs to adapt himself too much on the jiu-jitsu and take that mindset of the shooter box and connect everything and start attacking. And if you compare his jiu-jitsu with aggressive of his jiu-jitsu with that guy's, like, Vanderlei, like Shogun, is the same situation, is the same concept, you know? Charles is amazing, brother. He, if he just fights Jiu-Jitsu, he can be our champion, absolutely. Do you really think that? I think so, yes. If he stop right now, MMA, he start training just Jiu-Jitsu, if the mindset of champion he has, he can be our champion. Of course, he can do it. Would you say that he's influenced your MMA style? Absolutely. Uh, and even MMA or uh, Jiu-Jitsu. I'll be honest with you, brother. Like when I just fight Jiu-Jitsu, I almost don't look videos of Jiu-Jitsu. Usually I look like videos of uh, MMA. Of course, because my goal is on MMA, but too, because that motivates me more about my mindset. Because the mindset of Charles, of other guys are really good at jiu-jitsu and wrestling. I really like that. That's always always paid paid my attention. Makes sense, and I bought that. You know, and yes, absolutely. I think that helps me a lot when I see the movies of shards. I'm like, oh man, I can do that. Oh, let's to try do that. Then makes sense. And this is the thing. He used the creativity and the feeling, and I am like that too. I am not like a strong and rough and tough guy. I'm like, I feel the body, I feel the situation, I use the momentum and I attack. That's like, I, I, that's how I like to use, like him, you know? And I watch videos of him and motivate myself for sure. Out of all the people in 2023 right now, any weight class, who do you think is the MVP, the best of the year right now, 2023 for jiu-jitsu, not, not in MMA, just in jiu-jitsu competition, would you say Would yeah. you say it's Gordon Ryan or would you say it's someone else? Oh, Nogi, for sure, Gordon Ryan. I have, I, I, I start studying him right now. 
this guy is different. He's different right now. Do you know? Um, Have you looked at any of his uh, tapes? Do you know how he's selling those like uh, instructionals? I, I never bought anyone, do you know? But uh, I could... John Donaher, I could met him like Nicolas Marigali was my like my my brother. You know, we live together at the gym on Mario Hayes on South of Brazil. We live together since my white belt until my black belt. We fight a lot, and our competition was really amazing every time. And nowadays, Nicolas Marigali is like the best of the world, open class, and he's training with Gordon Ryan and John Donaher. And I had the opportunity to train with them on the World Masters right now. Nicholas asked my help for he can fight the, the IBJJF. At, uh, I don't remember the, the name of the JGP uh, of JJF. And I could feel and understand the way John Donaher make the instructions. Make sense? And that's... Be, I. I become really happy because the way he see the things and the details is really similar than I see. And the way he building the situations and the situational training is like I like to do. And like, oh man, I am on the right path. This is the guy. And this is what he did with Gordon my whole life. Makes sense? And when you see Gordon fighting, he knows everything on every part of positions and situations. He don't have. He doesn't have afraid because he's so confident. Because we, if the guys are so predictable. Oh, I know I will attack and I will do the cross knee. And when he just looked the one fight of a guy. Oh, what he like to do is the cross knee. He has this good. Okay, the guy created the the situations for that, and he's okay. He's he know what you need to do. He's a step. He's an outlier. He's on the other level right now. Don't have anyone can take can take him down right now, like uh, knock him down right now. Do you know what I mean? And with Guy right now, Nicholas is the best. You know, don't uh, Nicholas is on the other level. Uh, he's doing a really good job with his jujitsu right now. He's selling a lot too. The guys are buying his material, his things. You know, and now I am coming back. You know. I'm talking this because I have a really confidence in me. Like I know my skills, and I know if I put 100% of my mind on the jujitsu, I know where I can be. Do you know what I mean? Or more than I, more than I know, actually. You know, I will be on on top with the guys. So Fabio, just then you made reference to the fact that you worked and you lived with uh, Nicholas for that long period of time. When did you guys first meet, and uh, why did you guys live together? What happened? Well, Nicholas and other guys was an interior of the Rio Grande do Sul. Rio Grande do Sul is my state in south of Brazil. And the best gym of the world in 2014, 15, 16, and if I remember, 17 was our gym from Mario Hayes, Coach Mario Hayes right there, my master. And Nicholas was invited to leave at the gym to can training better. And Nicholas was a blue belt and become a purple belt. And I started jujitsu. Uh, he was a purple belt and I started a blue, uh, white belt. And Mario invited me to be his secretary and start living at the gym too. And that was good because 
I was in a college in that time and I needed to pay and I need to change or I just work and don't train anymore to can pay the college or I leave at the gym, no make, no need to pay anything anymore and gain some money as a secretary, can pay my college and training jiu-jitsu a whole day. And that's what I, 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 I choose. And me, Nicolas Marigali, uh, João Paulo Gonçalves Neto was a world champion too. Murilo Amaral was a world champion too. Gabriel uh, Oliveira was a world champion too. We five were the pillars of the, the base of the gym and everybody was a world champion. And me and Nicholas was like a, like a brothers, you know, we live together. We talk together every time we are almost on the same size. Nicholas was, uh, had less weight than me before. And we, we always had a really tough fights together. We, we learn a lot together. You know, we cry together, we bleed together, we sweat together a lot, you know, and we are there. I live with him since my white belt until my black belt on the gym. And that was amazing for we can create our mindset and for other ways was bad too. For other things, you know, like bad in a situation like the way was 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 created was so was insane. Was like everybody needs to be obsessed. Makes sense? And for me, that's okay. For Nicholas, that's okay. But maybe for everybody, not. Makes sense? And we had some issues, mental issues, after we need to get out of the gym. Because when you get out of the gym, you don't know what you need to do without that adrenaline that you have every day. Because you eat, you sleep, and you are stay every day, like, thinking and meditating, like, every day. Because tomorrow, I need to kill my friend. Tomorrow, I'm laugh with you, but I will kill you, motherfucker. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing. And we live for six years together, try killing each other and loving each other every day, do you know? And now we are separate, you know? And everybody loves each other, but we are separate. But was ha was heavy to live the life without that lifestyle, you know? Did people leave? leave ah uh, yes nicholas is here on texas murillo is on australia um joan keep on porto alegre but in other other part of the gym uh and gabriel keep in porto alegre but he's he's trying keep training with mario right there and he's giving classes in other 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 places too but we are not connecting anymore like that where did murillo go in australia Murillo, I have no sure, but I think he's on Sydney, if I am not wrong. Uh, he is, he helps Whitaker a lot. If you need the, his contact, I will pass for you. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, man, he's, he, Murillo is a lighter guy. And I'll be honest, a lot of times I have more difficult and more hard times with him than Nicholas, for example. He's incredible. Really? Is it, is it, is it because of the style? Yeah, because he's so technical. He stayed one year at our gym. Everybody spanked and break him in the middle and he's suffering a lot. And I think he need to put all that frustration on the training and he switched the, 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 turn the key. Do you know what I mean? Man, it's so insane. It's so hard fight against him. This is really tough. Really tough boy. Yeah. 
This crowd incredible. I love him. You were talking about just the obsession in the gym. Did people that were on a lower level, did they think it was too much and did they leave the gym to go elsewhere? I will try and make an example for you, okay? When we start living at a gym, for the first month, we need to train all the trainers of the gym. It's like six trainings per day. And if you eat something with gluten, gluten, and you talk, you cannot be our champion, you eat one bread, you cannot be our champion, things like that, you know? Brother, that's insane. Like, uh, we had a lot of rules, doesn't make sense. On that time, makes sense for us. Okay, our master was a world champion like that. We need to follow him like that. Makes sense. But every person is a subjective, is an individual. My genetic is different than Nicholas, is different than, than Murillo. We need different, different times of resting, different foods. Do you know what I mean? And that was insane. We live the same life together. It doesn't matter if you were tall or small and doesn't matter how you are you know that was hard buddy the part to be obsessed obsessive i like that you know i like that but you need to be careful with that because that you need to be a little sick you know what i mean i don't know if i can be clear of that but it's hard brother it's hard do you like the UFC Fight Pass invitationals that Gordon Ryan's been competing in? Do you think that's good for BJJ right now? I think so. UFC is a really the giant platform, you know, for can sell more jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is increasing a lot, but I'll be honest with you, I can see the, the patterns and jiu-jitsu will be giant in a couple of years, you know, and the UFC can see this too. UFC is already buying this too. Makes sense? I really like that. Uh, I am not, like, as a fighter, I don't like too much that the rule that you need to... Okay, it, it has a draw. Now you guys need to try to go to the submission. I don't like it as a fighter. But as a, a, a spectator, I can... I will like it because they have a, some submission, you know? It, it can sell more. That's the thing, you know. But as a fighter, I don't like. doesn't make sense for me. Like, hey, that's just bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, that's good. How do you think Gordon would do in MMA? I think he could be really good. He could be really good. He has all the tools. Ah, he has all the tools, brother. He has the outside tools and the inside tools. He was the first guy who was be able to... Sign with one contract, millionaire contract with jujitsu, brother. Do you know? And nowadays, jujitsu is getting better and getting more and more prizes, but it's not giant like a millionaire stuff yet. And he could do that right now. This is incredible. And inside, technically, he is with one of the best the coaches of the world for that. Because John Donaher almost created uh, the George St. Pierre. Do you know what I mean? And George St. Pierre is the same lifestyle and the same side, same mindset of John Donaher, of Gordon Ryan. The same thing. The same thing. Cold, calculist, killer, you know, study the things, the facts. It's amazing. I love that. 
if you took the single best wrestler like at the Olympics right now and you took the best jiu-jitsu guy and you made them have a grappling match, who do you think would win and why? Uh, that's hard because the best wrestler is the other category than the best jiu-jitsu guy, you know? But if we do like, if we put both on the same size, on the same kilos, the same category, I think the jiu-jitsu guy could be, could be one, could be one, more than the wrestler. I love wrestling. I could, I was be able to, I have an opportunity to train on Harvard, on Boston with Coach Moose. And I see the guys training. I see how tough the guys are, you know? Wrestling is a really hard, Moshwart. The guys do wrestling and are good or great, they have a really good mindset, you know? But technically talking, I could I can see a lot of gaps on the wrestling that the jujitsu connect. Makes sense. The jujitsu can like how can I say like plug the gaps, do you know what I mean? Like attach the the these little gaps because jujitsu is more smart more technical in my opinion. Maybe I am wrong, you know, but in my opinion, when I can see both situations, it's hard to compare because it's different points, it's different. One no one to put the back on the ground and the other one want. But if you put, if you make a, a fight against both of the best, depend of the rules, you know, of course the wrestling, the wrestler will win, the jiu-jitsu, the jiu-jitsu win, but it's a fight or MMA fight, for example. I, I have sure the jiu-jitsu guy can, can win, you know. So you're talking about how in wrestling, if you would em employ that jiu-jitsu technique into the wrestling, you would have a full product. It's like half and half. So you grappled with Khabib. He does combat sambo, as we know. That's kind of a weird variation of not the best jiu-jitsu and not the best wrestling, but it chains it all together. So do you think that... Um, what you're talking about, that final product is is mainly like Sambo right now? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Khabib is a full package, you know? Like you said, he, he is not the best wrestler or the best striker or the best jiu-jitsu. But for the MMA, he has the best of both, you know? But for the MMA, this is a complete situation. Uh, the way he fights... He brings everything he wants for his game, you know? And this is the toughest thing to do it. This is the hardest thing to do it. Because if you start observing the, the MMA right now, have more guys as a complete fighter, like good strikers, good grapplers on the same, on the MMA, like MMA fighters, and not like old times, like, oh, I am the jiu-jitsu, I am the karate, Jiu-Jitsu, we won. Do you know what I mean? It's not more like that. And Habib can do this nowadays. Do you know? He can bring his game, the wrestling game, the solo game for the MMA and be better off the other guys. I think this is not, a, not just about the martial art, but this is about how he trained with his father. Do you know? How he trained with his crew. Because when he came here, buddy, there's a 20, 30 Russian Dagestan guys right here. It's, 
the big gang, do you know what I mean? Everybody together with the same mindset, everybody quiet and focused and doing the right job, you know? Uh, yes, buddy, I think he his, his mindset connected with the way he trained it, with the Sambo style, make his uh, full package. That's my opinion. What's your favorite trophy from your career? Can you pick one? The Worlds of 2017. <laughs> yes, because um, that day I, I was a world champion on my category on the ultra heavy. And I was, my weight was to no one nine five and i thought ultra heavy is like above two two five and i i fought with a giant guys giant guys and i i submit everybody and after i fought the open class and i took all the toughest guys and i won everybody and on the fight some final I am training with him right now, Felipe Andrew. I love this guy. He's an amazing guy. I fought against him and he broke my feet. He attacked the ankle lock. He broke my feet. And I knew he would do that. I knew, you know? And I already accepted my brain. Okay, he will attack my foot and I will, I don't care. I will make my points on, this, on, the, on the beginning and I let him break my feet and I will keep going. And my foot become like, like, I, my toes touch my heel, for you have some idea. And when, the, when I won that fight, and I go for the final with Vitor Hugo, and the first fight I had with Vitor Hugo, I won. And the second fight in the final of the open class, I, I needed to pretend I had nothing on my foot, and I need to cross the the gym so hard for it goes to the the medical the the the, the nurse over there for they can make a tape on my both feet and I and I was in the final with Vitor Hugo I, I I lost that fight but it was so funny because the Gracie Maggie post how he he swept me his seat on my foot and the picture is. I, it's like me sitting on the ground because he sit on my foot. I sit on the ground like this and he's standing up. It was, it was so funny. And he did two points. And I was trying to sweep him with my favorite sweep on my foot on his biceps, but my foot was broke and my foot did this. And I could not sweep him anymore. In the last second he won and like, oh my God, I've become so upset. But in the same way, I was really proud of me. That was one of the best things I did because I fought with all the all the guys are black belt world champions nowadays. I fought with them, you know, and one of them. You know, I was I'm so I was so happy with that title. Was your foot actually broken? Yes. Broke. Did you did you go to hospital? Yes. That day, that day I was so happy. I was with my foot broke. I was so happy. My foot was like this size and I was don't care. I was in the middle of Hollywood 
on the on, uh, across in the street like limping and dancing on the front of the cars like with my friends like ah or children I don't care and yeah on the other day oh my god it was terrible I could not walk <laughs> it was really terrible and when I come back to Brazil I go to the hospital and I saw my my foot broke on the the middle of the the bone was broke they're like ah oh, yeah but I I keep training and I didn't care <laughs> yeah. There's there's good jujitsu guys that are abusing the ninja choke in MMA right now because of the defensive positioning from it. I've seen just then Sad Nurmagomedov beat, um, I think his name was Marat uh, Gafarov in uh, the UFC with it. It's basically that they shoot a takedown and because these American style wrestlers and a lot of wrestling dominant uh, fighters are entering the UFC and um, just MMA in general, when they shoot a takedown, the ninja choke is there from a defensive position, not an offensive choke. So when they get the ninja choke off on them, they um, they either tap immediately or they go out. This is the next evolution in MMA uh, for jiu-jitsu. So do you think that we're going to see more of these and do you implement this choke into your game? Uh, yes. And do you know... Jiu-Jitsu is infinite. Jiu-Jitsu is different than other martial arts. And because, for example, Taekwondo, you need to have a long legs. Uh, boxing, you need to have a long arms. For example, do you know? For you to be the best, you need to have a, a body for that. On Jiu-Jitsu, you can be like a short guy and be our champion, or you can be a tall guy and be our champion. But what changes? Because Jiu-Jitsu, you use your whole body. And that's become jiu-jitsu infinite. And what I am talking about is, yes, that is a really crazy thing, is a evolve, but the guys will start to understand how can get out. And the guys will adapt themselves. And the new position will be like that. And that's how the jiu-jitsu was created, you know? In a couple and couple of years, have something totally new. And how the guy do that? Oh my God, that will be impossible to beat that guy. And the guys create a new thing and like, oh, now everybody knows how can defend that, that, that thing, you know? That's why jiu-jitsu is so incredible too. It's adaptive every time, you know? And I think, yes, I think that's an amazing thing. But in a couple years probably, the guys will understand how can predict or how can defend. That, that's what will happen, you know? That's my opinion. In MMA, we've uh, seen so many strikers be, you know, not the best at the grappling department. But then now this new evolution in their game, they're really honing in on the jiu-jitsu component. And there's so many strikers, like we just mentioned with Sean Strickland, having that underrated grappling. Israel Adesanya having underrated defensive jiu-jitsu. One fighter I want to make reference to that's a striker currently in MMA that is not getting the respect that he actually uh, deserves is Sean O'Malley. His, his offensive jiu-jitsu, offensive jiu-jitsu right. is very underrated. He submitted Takanori Gomi, which is a very diff, was a very good opponent and um, a, a person that is on the uh, lower end of jiu-jitsu. There's no chance you're submitting uh, Gomi. So for Sean to do that and also to get rid of all of Aljamain Sterling's uh, attempts, at taking him down, it's really just gone to show that Sean O'Malley is actually a very underrated grappler. From what you've seen, what can you tell me about his game? 
about uh, O'Malley. O'Malley. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he they have some guys like him, like uh, uh, the Bronx. The guys think outside of the box, you know. I really appreciate this kind of things. I really appreciate. I really like that, you know. Uh, yes, you what you said is really true. Like he has a aggressive a jiu-jitsu. Like it's a kind of style. He punch, you punch you when the guy is afraid or try to defend himself. Like, re like he already know what he need to do. Do you know? He 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 goes for he what he want to do. Aljamain too. Like he's not bad. He's he's weird. <laughs> like uh, I have a jujitsu like that too, and some friends always talk like, "Man, you were weird. You know, you are weird." And that's the kind of thing. These guys has the same situation. These guys are weird. They have a weird jujitsu, and it's not predictable their movements. You know, all of a sudden they do, they enter the chokes, and they enter the oh my god, and, and you cannot escape because it's so surprised. You know, yes, what you said is is totally right. Like, I don't know, brother. That that's a that's a good fight. You know, like I don't know, like. Something can happen, and you—you—it's hard to bat. It's really hard to bat. You know, like I, what the guys can can submit to who? Do you know? Oh man, I don't know, brother. Yeah, that I—I I have no idea. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I, I saw a lot of times Aljamain training on the on the with CPI. I never saw Aljamain. Oh, uh, not sorry. I never saw All Mile. Aljamain, I saw a lot of times, and I see his jiu-jitsu is amazing. It's really good. Let me ask you about your IBJJF accomplishments. How important are these to you, and would you say that you entering into MMA now, if you won a belt, like a championship, would you consider the MMA belt more uh, important or the IBJJF accomplishment? Wow, that's a, that's a messy question for my mind. <laughs> Uh, well, no, actually not. That that's just shakes my ego, do you know? Because uh, when I started jujitsu with on my white belt, my dream was not like a be a world champion. I just agree with my master. My master Mario said, "Buddy, if you want to be the world champion, the best thing you can do choose one martial art." like recognized hapkido anyone's know what's hapkido but jiu-jitsu or box if you will you'll be the world champion you'll be the best and you enter and you enter an mma in three four fights you can be on the ufc makes sense you can we can be on the ufc you can be a ufc fighter and i did that i did that on my whole life okay i need to be a world champion of jiu-jitsu for i can enter on the ufc and my goal was I need to gain that belt. That was the most important thing for me, you know, all my life. But how the life was inside of the MMA, I passed for a bad things on this lifestyle. And when I decide to come back for the jiu-jitsu, for example, I saw like, yes, my life, I, I need to con conclude to... To, to finish and yeah, the, the medal of the IBJJF for me right now on the black belt for me in this moment is the most important. I'll be honest for you.
Yes, that's it. It's, it's a personal thing, you know. If you think in values, if you think like money, of course, UFC is much, but it's a personal thing. I need to to re. I need to com I need to finish this. You know what I mean? That's the thing. How often do you talk to Mario? Are you still in contact with him? Do you work with him every so often? Absolutely. He he's like my father. You know, Mario. I love him so much. Uh, we are not talking every time right now because we have a different lives and different timing. You know, the time is totally different. And but every time I go to Brazil, my God, he he's always really receptive. He. We, I walk him a whole day, every day, you know, we're going to eat together. We do everything together. I love him. And sometimes I call him to ask some things, to, to understand what I need to do. And, and he talked good things for me and I can, okay, this is my path. Do you know what I mean? He helps me a lot. Yes. When did you first meet Danaher? Uh, I just one time on the Mord Masters right there. I met him there. He's an amazing guy. He's a really sweet guy, do you know what I mean? And really smart, really smart. His energy is always like on center, do you know what I mean? When he, when he, when, I don't know if it's, it's clear, but when I feel him, it's like, it's not, it's, he has a fire, like a blue fire, not like a yellow fire that blah, blah, blah messy, no. He's a blue fire. He has a really good energy that can burn you really bad, but he always talk like this and can talk and that enter on your soul. Do you know what I mean? That thing, like he start talking, look, okay, master, yeah. He's <laughs> amazing, yeah, yeah. What did you work on when you rolled with him? I know, I rolled with Nicholas and he was making instruction for Nicholas. Hey, Nicholas, you need to do this better, did better. And I was just like a role of him lighter to create the situations for he can uh, defend himself and attack and uh, use the creativity. And John Donahue always talked like, hey, this you need to do better, that you need to do better, be careful with this grip, just it. He's already good, really nice. was a really nice play. Who's your favorite uh, MMA fighter? Anderson Silva, for sure. Anderson Silva, do you know? Big things I, I figured out after a training. I like when I when I fight, I fight like try dancing, and he did the same. And I figured out this after years after, you know. And the other thing he is like I am left, but my base is right, and he's the opposite. He is right, but his base is left. You know, like. Oh my God, like, <laughs> and the way he moves and he's flowing is, ah, man, he's the best, he's the best. I have my, my top guys, of course, John Jones, Habib, the guys are insane, amazing. But for me, I, I really like skill guys, skillful guys, do you know what I mean? Anderson Silva make a huge history and he's amazing fighter. His for me was the best and is the best. When I was scrolling on your Instagram, something that I found that I really liked was I saw you rolling with your dad. So when did he start doing jujitsu and where was this? That's nice. My parents, my mom and my dad started jujitsu this year. Actually, they are starting like 
for for almost five months before I go. And yes, they, they are loving, they are addicted. And I, oh my God, that's amazing. Like I am fighting jujitsu. I become jujitsu. I become a black belt in six years and they never think about it. But after 10 years doing jujitsu, almost little less than 10 years doing jujitsu, they started, oh, maybe we can do it. And they love it. They fall in love. My God, they, they are doing it. <laughs> They are amazing. Were you ever able to submit Khabib? No. Uh, I trained two days directly with them, with him and the other uh, Dagestan guys. The first day, he smashed me. He started on the wall in a good situation for him, of course. Not uh, just jiu-jitsu, you know. And he took me down. He smashed me. He goes to the mount and he keeps smashing me. And I was claustrophobic, almost having like panic attacks and like, please, man. And he tries to meet me, but I could get out. And I stay a whole day thinking about him. Man, I need to kill this guy tomorrow. I will kill this guy tomorrow. <laughs> and the other day, we're all again. And I did a really good job. I almost submit him in four or five things different. But he get out like a, not technically, but he's like, get out to his leg and his hand and I have the arm bars, I have the omoplatas, I have the, the foot locks and I could do it, nothing and he get out and when the finish, he look at me you, go with me again and like, he was so mad you know? and we did again and I did a good job again, I feel really happy because even if this jujitsu is my situation, uh, my thing He's really tough. He was heavier than me. He was heavier than me. He was so strong, you know. And I could do something. That's making me really happy. It was amazing. But I, not, I didn't submit him. Submit him. You said that he was big. How heavy was he? Oh, I think I was 195 and he was like 210, 205. <laughs> he was really big. Like, he was, yeah. But he's not... I was thinking he was fat, but no, when I see him, he was not fat. He was keep the training. He not stopped the training, but he's eating more. <laughs> you know, he said that like, oh, now I am old. Like, uh, now I am eating more. Like, <laughs> he said that. It was amazing. You said that he brought his uh, family, like his um, team with him. Was Usman and Umar Namagomedov there? And was Islam Makachev there? Yeah, uh, Islam was not there the days, but he was with the guys. Uh, what, what other guy, I forgot, Ooh, the other, the other, Norma Gomadov, I forgot, the Bellator champion. Uh, 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 well, oh uh, yeah, Usman, Usman. Usman, yes, Usman was there. Uh, oh, he's good, he's good. Uh, I could not train with him because he was fighting and I could not train him because we don't know each other and it could ha hurt him. But I fought with a lot of Dagestan guys. It was really amazing experience. When uh, I, I really want to know about Usman because I think that if he goes to the UFC, he can get the championship in the next five years. I want to know from you, what did you see in his game? How good was he? Like, what insights do you have to his skills? He is really good, brother. He, I didn't see, for example, uh, oh my God, my brain, so sorry. Uh, uh, the, the other world champion, I forgot, sorry. Uh, what are you talking about? Islam Makachev, yeah, who are you Islam. talking about? Sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Islam, I was not be able to see him there for can compare, do you know? But Usman is, man, he 
he's different than the other guys. Like Habib is more, I would talk old school because it's more like his grappling works a lot and he doesn't have too much striking. Um, Slug have more striking than Khabib than, than Habib, do you know? And the, what the guys are talking is, yeah, he's better. But Usman, everybody talk he's mo the most complete. Do you know? They talk that. And what I saw, his striking is phenomenal. I, I didn't I didn't see he fought too much. I didn't I didn't watch too much Belarus, but like I, I see his everything is aligned. Everything the footwork is good. This is move. And when he hit, he hits like I don't know if this word is correct in English. Like that dry. You know, like it's like it's not like a, it's not a punch. Like just muscles. It's like the hip and back. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard. And the grappling. He's smart and creative like O'Malley, you know? Boom, boom, he do that and he can smash. He's be able to change and switch angles and smash too, you know? And the jiu-jitsu, I didn't see too much his jiu-jitsu, but the, I, I, can, I can notice, you know, the couple, move, the couple movements he, he did, I could see like, hey, he knows the details, you know? He knows the details. He's a complete guy. He's a complete guy. Do you think if Habib were to come back into the UFC that he would succeed and get the championship again? If he wasn't 210 pounds? <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Uh, this is hard. I will talk like on my experience because I get out of the jiu-jitsu now and coming back. Even if you don't stop the training, even if you don't stop to, to eat health, okay? If you if you stay on the same cycle, it's really hard. Do like George St. Pierre did, for example. Do you know? This is because it's not about just training. It's about all the things. Because it's about the situation of the talk, the the pressure. Because when you stay too out of that kind of pressure, the pressure is ma massive. And you come back, it's hard, brother. It's really hard. I can, tr I, I can trust him to talk like, hey, he can be a world champion. But I would, not, I would not put my hand on the fire for him. Like, oh, he can win all his fights for his whole, fly whole life, you know? <laughs> Not just because he's top, but because the other people keep increasing, keep growing up. Makes sense? And he's top a little bit. And he will need time to come back. And I know he could be the best strategy like George St. Pierre did. He has everything to do that. But one little mistake, boom, done. You know? Just because that. That's my opinion. What's your favorite submission? What I do or what I most like to see? Let's say what you want to do because it could be the hardest submission ever and you can't get it all the time. But which submission do you want to hit on people? Have one submission I never seen in my life, but I have on my mind because I, I dream of that. Do you know when I am on a single leg and a guy is on top of you and make a Kimura grip on you? Do you know, I am on a single and a guy 
the you're on the fence, for example, and you put the hand on the Kimura on top right here. And if you can, you can do an arm bar. You can, there's a guy is doing the, the Kimura right here. And you do what, you jump for it? Yes. You need to jump the, op the opposite side and enter like that. I will do that. I just need to train in this. That's, I always see that and I never did, but I will train in that. That's the submission that I really want to do. That's what I like, man, this submission will be like for the reels in a long time ever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, my, my, my best submission is a footlock. And I, I, I really like to do on the Kimura grips. I like to do the arm bars on the Kimura grips, like on my fight on MMA, like I did there. I saw you worked with, uh, I don't know how to say his first name, J Juni Ion Leto. Ah, Juno Noleto. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. He's my friend. Yes, he was my student, actually. So when did he first become your student? When did you start working with him? Um, he was actually, when I, came, when I came to Boston, I started giving classes on Alliance Framingham right there. And he was one of the students. And he's Brazilian too. And then we start like uh, talking with each other. And okay, hey, let's do, do, do you like MMA? Yes, I did some fights. Let's do training together. And we started training together and we've, we've become a real friends. Do you know what I mean? And he's an amazing guy. I love him. And I coach him a lot of times and he helps me on my trainings too. He's a really tough guy. And he's fighting right there. I'm, I'm, I am cheering for him a lot. I really like him. He's a really nice guy. What was the moment for you where you realized, I don't want a normal job. I want to pursue this MMA dream or this jujitsu dream. What was the moment for you? When I, <laughs> that's crazy because when I, I have this memory, okay. When I was four years old, me and my, my, my dad was looking one movie of Bruce Lee. And my dad said to me, Hey, this is the best uh, fighter of the world. And he's a black belt in a lot of, a lot of uh, martial arts. And I look at him and, can I be the best fighter of the world? And he, yes, it is, it is hard, but you can. And, and can I be a black belt in, in, in a lot of martial arts? And yes, you can, you can be, but this is hard. And that age, I started Kung Fu and started my, my martial arts, you know. And I always knew all my whole life. That's, how, that's my purpose for my whole life. I know deeply on my soul that I born to fight. I born to fight, you know? And I don't know how it will be my future right now, but buddy, I, I can feel I am here to be great, to be giant, you know? These five years that I am without the hype of the jiu-jitsu, I'm outside of this hype, made me more strong because I passed really bad things on, on here in the United States, you know? And I am really stronger right now. I am really prepared to be my story on the jiu-jitsu or on the fights or on MMA or whatever. But I know I'm born to fight, you know? That's the thing. There's an interesting relationship when it comes to jiu-jitsu and MMA coming back to this. There's the offensive jiu-jitsu players that when they get into an MMA fight, they can get a quick submission, the fight's over and they've won. Or 
there are the defensive jujitsu players that let's say they've got uh, they get taken down or they get rocked on the feet, they can go back back like Charles Oliveira to their defensive jujitsu and you can't touch them. You don't want to get into their guard. You uh, can get back to the feet to start striking because if a wrestler takes you down, defensively you can get back up. If you had to pick one, what do you think is more important, the offensive jiu-jitsu side in MMA or the defensive jiu-jitsu side in MMA? What do you think people are lacking and what do you think is needed uh, more so? Jiu-jitsu for jiu-jitsu, defensive jiu-jitsu is really important. But for MMA, the aggressive, the aggressive jiu-jitsu, in my opinion, is the most important. Because let's think about... When you are in the jiu-jitsu, for example, you can relax for a couple moments. You can rest if you need. You enter on a good position and you can rest. On the MMA, you don't have this. If you just defend yourself, even if you have the best defensive jiu-jitsu, it doesn't mean you can have some elbow on your face. You are always tense. Do you know what I mean? That make your adrenaline grows up every single second. And that's make the things harder. And if you increase your defensive jujitsu, you 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 never be able to to no never, not never, but it's hard for you can progress, makes sense. And differently than offensive jujitsu, then you the guy will try attack you, they will have afraid to attack you because they know you can do boof, something like a snake and, and capture him or, or dominate him or submit him, do you know? All the all the read of the fight change when you have an offensive jiu-jitsu. That's, a, that's a my opinion. What do you think the difference in mentality is between somebody who gets first place and then the second and third place? Um... This is really personal, but the the standard, the the first, the second, and the third place sometimes is for one advantage. Sometimes is for one little fraction of the second you look to side and you lost. Makes sense. Sometimes it's not just about mindset, but if you take the most part of the fights. The first place was that guy with more hungry. Do you know? That guy was more hungry. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Fabio, for coming on the show. Follow Fabio on Instagram, link in the description, and follow Anything Combat on Spotify. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.